Welcome to the Determined People podcast, where our guests share their experience, strength, and hope by telling their stories in a transparent and vulnerable way. You know, everyone needs encouragement sometimes, and it's my hope that someone listening to this show will hear a story and say, wow, if they made it, so can I. Our guest today found herself living on the razor's edge in 2016. In her words, she was broken. Working over 60 hours a week in her stress-filled job, Liesl Hayes says she was usually the last person to pick her kids up from daycare. Her marriage was on fumes, and Liesl was barely holding on. And we've all seen the meme that says you're only one decision away from a completely different life. And I believe it takes many decisions. It's one thing to say you want to make changes. It's a different level of commitment, training your mind to think differently and actually put a plan into place. Yet, that's what Liesl did. Today, she will tell you she still runs on coffee, to-do lists, but with the belief that life begins after you agree to write your own story. She has a book coming out in December titled Broken, Changed, and Rearranged. You're just one unbearable truth away from the next person you're meant to be. Welcome to the show, Lisa. I'm glad you're here. John, it's so great to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. I just have to ask the question because you did what many, so many people who feel trapped in their lives want to do. How did you do it? Well, for me, I had a really clarifying moment. And for me, unfortunately, I believe that there were so many times, John, where I was called back into existence. But unfortunately for me, I had to reach a place where I really was in crisis. And I was working 60 hours a week, like you said, I was the last mom to pick my kids up at daycare. I didn't prioritize myself and my family. And so for me, the most clarifying moment was actually when I was sitting in a translucent glass office with my manager, and she told me that she knew that I had been having an affair with a coworker. And that moment for me, for whatever reason, I recognized that that the person that was sitting in the chair in front of this woman was not the woman that I wanted to be. And from that point on, you know, like you said, John, my, my decision to change my life, it took several steps. And I'm still evolving and I'm still changing, but that was the moment in time where I knew something has got to give. And this is, this is the time for me to make the decision. You sound like you were just spread so thin. And interesting that you were having an affair with a, with a colleague because you were in human resources. But we will skip that part for now. But, but um, when, you're, when you're that spread out, you can't be effective in any part of your life, fully effective and fully present. And you had a family. So were, how did you feel internally? Did you feel like you were failing as a wife and a mother, or did you just sort of Keep going without without really acknowledging how you were feeling deep down. That's a great question. So I always felt like I was half of a person in whatever I was doing. So when I was mommy, when I was, you know, at at a school event or something that was important to my children, I felt guilty about not being at work. And when I was working, you know, till 8 or 9 o'clock at night, I felt guilty about not being with my family. So for me, there, I was very cognizant of the fact that I didn't feel 
the whole person in, in anything I was doing because I was spread so thin. Where did you come up with the title for your book? Great question. So for me, the title of my book is really about the phases that I think all of us experience in some form or fashion in our lives. And the first phase um, is broken. And, you know, I was really broken when I went through crisis, but I believe that there are differing levels of brokenness that we all experience. And for wherever we are in our lives, being broken is just the recognition that whatever we're doing is not working right now. And for many of us, you know, those warning signs come in different ways. So for me, it was crisis. For other people, it's just that nagging recognition that as they go to work every day, they don't enjoy what they do. Or for 80% of the time, they're not in love with their life. And so I think broken happens to us in different ways. And then we eventually, if we are willing to honor and recognize that what we're doing isn't working, then we move into the change phase. And the change phase is when we really start to recognize, you know, what are the the patterns, what are the beliefs, um, what priorities are no longer really serving me and and getting me to the next place in my life that I really want to be. And we spend a lot of time ruminating on that, and then I think we move to our rearranged phase where we literally – align all of our priorities and commitments and the things that matter to us into new order. And so at any given point in time, I think that most of us are either broken, changed, or rearranged in, in some capacity. So that's that's where the title came for my book. So that's a great title. I am just going to guess, but I, I bet that your family is much happier now. Definitely. And you know, I prioritize my family now because I very much recognize how important they are to me. But I think, you know, John, I think a lot of us go through our lives and we say things are a priority, but they aren't really a priority in our lives. Sometimes we just pay lip service to those things. And one of the things that I challenge people to do when they're really wanting to reinvent themselves is to really look at where they are spending their time and attention. And we can say to ourselves, you know, oh, my family is such a priority. They're so important to me. But then we're not committing our time to the priorities that we so easily pay lip service to. So I think for me, it, it wasn't that my family wasn't a priority in my heart. It's just none of my actions aligned to that. And, mm-hmm. and that's where I got and that is where a lot of people are stuck. And so, I, I you know, you, you are the epitome of what the Determined People podcast is about because you actually change your life and, and you augmented it. You made it better. Did you go through and make a list of priorities you were willing to commit to that you probably had not been committed to before? Yes, and I, I did this thing that I now call an attention inventory, which is really just my fancy way of saying that first I really identified what are the core things that I really value. And for me, you know, that was my family. That was my own health and wellness and making sure that I was a whole person to be able to love my family. 
And then, you know, thirdly, it was me identifying what are my work passions. So for me, a big thing for me is hospitality and serving other people, um, healing, helping other people recognize their healing. And so what I did is first I created those priorities, and I really identified what those were and gave those things words. And then all I did was look through my calendar and said, okay, so as I look at how I'm aligning my time, are most of the things that I'm aligning my time towards really getting me towards the things that I value and mean something to me in my life? And I think that, you know, many of us, determined people sit down and we have these priorities, but when we look at our calendar, we're not actually allotting our priorities accordingly. Like you said, we give it lip service and it sounds good and you love your children, you love your family, but there's this thing I've got to do at work, which is going to keep me from them. And that is a situation that, that, Eight out of ten people find themselves in. They wake up one day and they just say, is this all there is? There's got to be more to life than what I'm living. And so many people, I've read estimates that 80% of people go to jobs every day that they hate, but they feel trapped. And mm-hmm. so how could, think of how much more effective our world could be if we all found what our true purpose was. And we did that. Forget about how much you're paid or anything else. Just, if you just did that. Um, so you had to relearn a few things and then you decided to, and you also decided to leave the corporate world and you and your husband found a, an inn in, uh, Lee Summit, Missouri. How did you decide on that? Mm, So actually I remember it very well. Uh, My husband and I were having a conversation one night and we had decided that we needed to go in search of a different story. We had committed ourselves to saying, you know, this corporate grind right now is not working for me. I needed to try something different. And I remember him asking me one night as we were brainstorming what that next thing was. He said, you know, what what have you always wanted to do with your life? And, Sean, I remember in, at the time I was really frustrated with that question. It was it was annoying because it, it felt too – it didn't feel practical at all. And, you know, we had two children. We have a mortgage payment. We have a life. Like, high school question of what do you want to do with your life didn't feel productive. And I remember going to bed that night, and I was actually kind of annoyed and frustrated with my husband. And I went to sleep, and I woke up the next morning. And for whatever reason, John, the morning for me is a very clarifying time. And I just it's my time to think. And I remember thinking to myself, what if I just allowed myself to imagine again? What if I allowed myself to let go just for a minute, suspend the reality of the current situation I'm in and dream? And I allowed myself to do that in that moment. And for me, I thought about what are my gifts? What are the things that I love doing? It's serving other people Um, It's hospitality. It's helping people find healing. And in the end, it popped into my mind. So that's how the conversation started. And I humbly apologized to my husband the next day. 
and we started to talk through it. So that's where the idea of the end came from. Wow. So, my, I'm in awe because not only are you leaving a job you were, you were well-suited for and, and were, were thriving at, I'm certain, and you have to go put your your marriage back together and you start a business together. <laughs> Am um, I missing yes. anything? <laughs> you know, Don, I unfortunately, you know, at the time, hindsight's always twenty twenty, and I wouldn't change my story. Like, my story was the way that this was supposed to play out. Starting a new business and trying to rebuild a marriage may have been balancing a little much at the time. However, I do think that it was the way my husband and I needed to come back together. And the Browning, which is the inn that we own, was really the catalyst for us being able to rebuild our marriage. That's fantastic. So do you ever find yourself falling back into your old ways? Oh, definitely, 100%. So, What do you do about it? So I, I checked myself, and I'm actually, you know what? It happened this week, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you about what I did this week. So, one of the things that I do, the old pattern that no longer serves me is I'm an achiever, and I like to achieve a lot, and I find myself worth many times in the things that I accomplish, and when I get into my old pattern. I will load my calendar to a point where it's filled to the brim and I am just running from one thing to the next to the next. And that is a critical mistake that I made in my former story. And I did that to myself this week. And how I know that I filled my calendar too full is I don't show up the way I want to for the people who matter to me. And what I mean by that is my daughter this week was frazzled and frustrated and trying to get ready for school. And usually I meet her with calm. And what I try and do when my children are frustrated or frazzled, I try and meet them with calm. And that's the type of mom that I want to show up and be for them. Well, I snapped at her. And the reason I snapped at her is because I was doing too much I was trying to accomplish too much in the morning. And so for me, my warning sign of you are falling back into an old pattern is when I don't show up the way I want to for my people that matter to me. And so what I do to reset that is I just acknowledge it out loud. So I apologize to my daughter. And then I also apologize to my husband and just said, listen, I did too much this week. I took on too much. And I need to reset and and reevaluate my schedules in the upcoming weeks. So that is what I do when I fall back into my old patterns. Before you you've created before you created your new life, were you regularly snapping at your kids? Oh my gosh, all the time. And I mean, that's when I was actually there. Like that's the worst part about it, right? It's I wasn't there for them. I wasn't there for them emotionally. I wasn't there for them in being present in their lives. And when I was present, I wasn't the person I wanted to be. I was irritated with them. They grated on my nerves. 
I would snap quickly, and it's because things were all out of balance. Uh-huh. Yes, they, yes, they were, and it's hard to really, as you as you talked about, take time to let go of everything and just use your imagination. Just let it go and see where it takes you. It is hard to do that because we only have so much bandwidth, you know, in in, in our person in our personalities. Let me ask you a question. In your book, you have a title, a chapter called Funeral Goals. What are funeral goals? <laughs> this is one of those, and I'm going to give you quick context. So shortly after, about a year after, I really got through the worst part of crisis. And after we had bought the inn, my grandpa, who was in his 90s, passed away. And, you know, it's the best kind of funeral that that you get to attend because he lived a very full and meaningful life. And I remember very clearly my Uncle Terry gave this absolutely incredible eulogy about my grandfather and, and the type of man that he was. And one of the things that really stood out to me that my grandpa talked about or that was a legacy of his life was my, my grandpa made any person that he was talking to feel important. And he always gave them his attention. And as I'm sitting there listening to this eulogy, I'm thinking to myself, what do I want people to say about me at my funeral? What's important to me that, people say, and the legacy that I leave. But here's, here's the trick. I think we, uh, oftentimes the self-development authors will say, well, what are, your, what are your funeral goals? What do you want people to say about you at your funeral? But that, that's too far off. So it's hard to align your life to those goals. So what I do is when I'm creating my funeral goals, I actually pretend that I'm going to die in five years. And I know that sounds kind of morbid. Um, <laughs> I know it does, right? It, it does. But here's the thing. The reason why we don't ever do our life's work is because we think we have time. And that is, my friends, that I feel like is a huge mistake. If we can say to ourselves, if I'm going to die in five years, what are the things that really matter to me? And and what do I want to get done? I believe that makes our goals more tangible. There's not this, well, I have, you know, 40 years left. So when I create funeral goals. I always plan them like I'm going to die in five years. How often do you revisit your goals? So I revisit my funeral goals. You know, that's a great question, John, because it's not like I do this cadence of, oh, well, I do that every year. Um, What I typically do is when I start to sense that I'm getting into that broken phase again or there's something that's not working, I reevaluate what's not working to propel myself into the changes I need to make. Uh So, yes, that's not really answering your question, but it sort of is. No, it's good. So what I'm hearing you say, Liesl, is, you know, first of all, we don't know when when we'll die. Five years, maybe five minutes, maybe. We, We don't know. But by orienting your life toward being present, living fully, living in the moment, and showing up for the people that matter and the things that matter, um, 
if you were to drop dead, people would say, well, she gave everything she had all the way till the end. Mm, yes. That's a beautiful thing, isn't it, John? It really is. And it's easier said than done. But, you know, there's, there's some days when you just don't feel it, but you got to show up. You've got to show up anyway. And, you know, there's a saying that goes around, fake it till you make it. I don't like that saying. I say, face it until you make it and just keep facing it, no matter what it is, every day. Now, I have another question. That That is, you know, there are millions of self-help books on the market, and there's millions more that will be published this year, including yours. How's your book different? Mm, great question. So I'm very cognizant that I chose a very saturated market. I knew that walking into it, but I knew that this was the right book. And it was what I was supposed to put out into the world. So for me, my book is very much, it's part memoir, but it's part self-development. And so the way that I divide it up is every single chapter, the first part of the chapter, I tell my story. But then the second part of the chapter is all about you. It's all about how do you implement tangible steps to really work through this phase in your life. And not only that, I kind of call that second part, and I think this is where where I'm a little bit different. The second part for me is almost like a best friend chat. It's the let's sit down and let's have tea and coffee together, and I'm going to tell you the things that I needed to hear when when I was in this phase. And we're going to work through together as true partners on getting through this part together. So for me, it's I, I've always enjoyed reading memoirs, but what there's always been a want for me is tell me how I get to that place that you're at now. Give me the steps. Give me the actions. And so that's really what's different about my book is here's the story but now we're going to partner together to actually implement this into your life. Change is very hard for, for most people. And most people don't embrace or like change, even though life is not predictable, as we know. What was the hardest part for you? There's a lot of layers there, Liesl, such as, you know, I'm guessing that if your husband listens to this, he's not going to be all of a sudden realize that you had an, had an affair at, at your previous job. But you've got to repair a relationship, and that relationship was fragmented, and and you have to start with that. You have to become the mom that you want to be and stop snapping at your kids and approach them with calm. You have to get rid of old habits and learn to say no to those things. What was the hardest part for you, and what would you say to someone who is going to embark on making a change in in their life? That's a great question. So I think the hardest thing that I personally grappled with, and I think a lot of us do, is accepting the truth of your story. For me, I had been lying for so long to myself that I had to really face the truth of where I was at and who I had become. And, you know, I portrayed my life as being really shiny on the outside, but, you know, on the inside, I was obviously falling apart. And and no one knew. No one knew that my life 
wasn't shiny on the inside. But I would say when you're ready to embark on a significant change, I think we oftentimes focus on on the highlight reel moments. And, and what I mean by that, John, is let's say that you decide you want to write a book or you want to go back, quit your job and get your doctorate or whatever it is you're longing to change in your life. We focus so much on the end result that we forget that there are tiny little steps that get us to that place, similar to what you said before. Um, you know, change doesn't happen overnight, and it's not one decision. And what I tell people is, you know, when you're ready to make that change, each day, just just inch one step in the right direction. So if you want to go back and get your doctorate, tomorrow, just go on the website. Go on the website of the school that you're interested in applying to and, and look at it. Look at the website. See what types of students they typically take into their program. But do it in baby steps because what's scary about change is getting to the highlight real moment. If we could just break it down into small, meaningful steps, I think we would find ourselves getting to the end goal. It's going to take us time, but at least we're inching in the right direction. And that's why we – I think that's why we never start because we're focused on the the output and not the, the small steps that it takes to get there. That is so well put. We focus on the highlight reel. But highlight reel is really created after we take all these small incremental steps and just show up and keep doing something every single day to get to where we want to be. That's great advice. Um, where, how, do, how do people find you, Liesl? Where do you, what's your website? Where do they find you? Great question. So my website is lethalhaze.com. And if you'd like to join my community and have a discussion on social media, you can find me at facebook.com slash lethalhazeauthor. And you can also find me on Instagram at lethal.haze. Fantastic. And your book comes out December 7th, is that correct? You got it. It hits the bookshelves December 7th officially. That is fantastic. Is it is it available for pre-order via Amazon? Great question. Yes, it is available for pre-order on Amazon now. Well, let me just say thank you, Liesl, for taking your time and putting us on your to-do list today. You know, your, your story of change is inspiring. It, it tells people it can be done. It's hard work, but it can be done. Because so many people wake up and they feel trapped, like there's no way out. You showed us that there is a way to make the change if you're willing to commit. Your life five years hence is more fulfilling today than I believe it would have was in 2016. Your family is better. And as I say to people when they go, well, well it's five years. Yeah, well, five years are going to pass anyway. Do you want to make a, make a change? Do you want to make a, a difference and, and reach and impact others in a good way? Or do you want to keep going with the status quo and just feel like you feel now? So, again, I want to say Thank you for showing up for us today. You've been great. And thank you to our listeners around the world. You know, Hit the subscribe button if you like the podcast. Every day, a one-minute inspirational message will be delivered to your inbox. And then on Sundays, we'll deliver an inspiring story like Liesl's. Thank you, Liesl, and I wish everyone to have a good day. <laughs>